Howdy! Welcome to the Gazette's Fact Checker Podcast. Uh, we've got our, our usual crew here. Um, I'm Erin Jordan. I'm the Gazette's investigative reporter. I'm Michaela Ram. I'm the Gazette's healthcare reporter. I'm John Steppi. I'm the Gazette's business reporter. I'm Marissa Payne. I'm the Gazette's Cedar Rapids government reporter. And look at that. We, co- we coordinated it without talking in advance. So <laughs> that's how good we are. Um, today we're talking um, about, uh, about marijuana. Um, these we've got some claims by um, Iowa Senator Joe Bolcom of Iowa City. Uh, he's a Democrat, and um, this was part of a, a floor debate about. Well, I guess it was a it's a committee debate about Senate File Five Thirty Three, and this is a bill which would have reduced the criminal charges um, of a first offense possession of five grams or less of marijuana from a serious misdemeanor to a simple misdemeanor. And um, Bolcom has been, over the years, been very supportive of any marijuana reforms. And he called this one a very, very modest change. So he was um, saying, yes, he supported it, but he thought Iowa could do better. But anyway, um, a couple of the claims he made, he made these similar claims twice. Um, One on March 2nd, um, in a subcommittee that approved the bill. Um, and then, and uh, the Gazette's Rod Beauchart wrote an article about that. And then again on March 3rd in the Judiciary Committee. And um, that's where we had an audio recording. So that's what um, I have connected to our fact check for us to check. And there were three claims in there that um, I pulled out. Um, the first one, in 2020, more than 4,500 people had marijuana convictions in Iowa. The second claim, 53% of Iowans across political parties support marijuana reform. And the third claim, if you're a black or brown person in Iowa, you're nearly eight times more likely to be arrested for it. And by it, he meant marijuana possession. I checked that with him just to make sure I wasn't getting that m- mixed up. So, um, On the first claim about 4,500 people having marijuana convictions in 2020 in Iowa, um, Bolcom cited a report that the Legislative Services Agency, which is kind of like the nonpartisan fact-finding group for the state, for the legislature, provided for him that um, uh, kind of looks at uh, uh, criminal infractions and convictions in Iowa. That report said 4,355 people were convicted in Iowa in fiscal 2020 for marijuana possession. Um, And just as a side note, more than 80% of those were first offense. So in in the subcommittee meeting March 2nd, which is what, again, what Rod Beauchart quoted from, Bolcom cited the correct number, which was 4,355 marijuana convictions. But then when he spoke about it on March 3rd, Bolcom kind of, it sounds like kind of rounded up. He said more than 4,500. So that was about 145 convictions too high. Um, and, you know, which is about 3% off. Um, I, this, I gave him an A because I felt like the difference was pretty slight and he had said it correctly the day before. But I'm... I'm open to to hearing, you know, if you guys think of B on that. So let's, I don't know, do we want to handle one claim at a time or go through all three? Well, I don't really have any um, particular thoughts on this first claim. Um, You know, I thought that was fair 
what you talked about, how, you know, the difference is slight and he did provide the correct number at a later date. Um, so I would agree with the A on this one, but I'm, you know, if anybody else has any other different, you know, different thoughts, I could be talked down to a B too. Yeah, I agree. I mean, 3%, it's pretty close. I mean, if you heard the 4355 and the 4500 number, I mean, I think that you probably wouldn't have much of a different conclusion about, I mean, marijuana convictions in the state between those two. Um, If it was more than 5% or 10%, maybe I could see a downgrade. But with this small difference, I don't really see any reason to knock it down. Yeah, I agree, because he just kind of rounded up a bit and at least like cited the correct information previously. So I agree with the A. Okay. Okay. That sounds good on that one. Um, so the second claim, um, Volcom said 53% of Iowans support marijuana reform. Um, when we asked him for sourcing, he said he was citing, citing from a March 2020 Iowa poll, which asked Iowans if they support legalizing recreational marijuana. So that in that poll um, of, of Iowans, 53% said they support not just marijuana reform, um, which, but making recreational pot legal. So marijuana reform could be really incremental changes like this bill um, that Volcom was speaking for, but instead 53% said they supported going full on like legalizing pot. So I, I, I thought that was something noteworthy. And also um, the Iowa poll, which is run by the Des Moines Register, and I think this um, in recent times, Mediacom, um, has, has asked residents the same question over the years. And I think the first question was in February 2013, they reported. And that year, only 29% of Iowans approved legalizing recreational marijuana. So they were saying that that uh, the 2020 poll was the first time that a majority of Iowans um, supported that measure of legalizing recreational marijuana. Um, so a second part of Volcom's claim was that 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 marijuana reform um, that the support for that reached across political parties, and the the March 2020 I gotta add 2020 here, but that 2020 poll showed 67% of respondents who identify as Democrats said they support legalizing marijuana, while only 37% of Republicans. Still, it's not like it was all coming from Democrats. So I think that that is supported, and I uh, gave Volcom an A on that claim. You guys feel okay with that? Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, so this is good context to hear then. So it's the, do we know, the the Iowa poll is typically very good about getting the accurate makeup of the, the political party alignment in Iowa, right? It's not that, you know, one party tends to answer more than other. That That's my understanding of the Iowa poll, right? They have a pretty good representation of of Iowans voting record. I, I don't know. I haven't looked into the political part of it um, specifically, but I do know the Iowa poll is kind of viewed as the gold standard um, of political polling. Um, and, you know, well, I mean, um, Ann Seltzer and company does that poll and she's, you know, interviewed by, you know, national pundits all the time because she always almost always gets it right, you know, in terms of polling, political polling. 
Um, but I can look into that aspect of whether they are contact, you know, whether their contacts equally are representative political parties, if, if we want to add some of that context. Yeah, I just wonder if that, you know, just reading through it, that was just maybe the first question that came to my mind. But like you said, it's the gold standard. Um, I feel like every national outlet during caucus time looks to that Iowa poll as, as a good measure of, of what the voting will look like caucus night. Um, and, you know, this honestly, this result doesn't seem too surprising to me because um, you look at places like South Dakota that voted to legalize marijuana, who and that state is equally, if not more red than Iowa. Um, so there's certainly more of an acceptance of, of these kind of policies across the political spectrum at this point. Yeah, and I just pull up the 538 page for the various Iowa polls. And the Iowa poll on when that was most recently added to the 538 page, they put an A plus on it. So that kind of follows along with the I mean, gold standard. And I think, I mean, that chunk of 37% of Republicans is enough to still be able to say that across political parties, because that's, I mean, that's more than one in three. That's a pretty significant chunk of people. Yeah, I agree with that, because, I mean, there's some polls out there on, on other issues where, you know, the disparity between how Democrats and Republicans feel about it, you know, it'll be like, 70% of Democrats think this, but 17% of Republicans, um, you know, share that view. So this is actually, um, you know, a significantly smaller disparity than, you know, some of the other issues out there. So, yeah, I'd agree. You know, you know what I find really surprising is you've got these sort of polls, and yet this bill that Bolcom was supporting um, failed in the Iowa, I mean, it, it, it didn't pass. So even this very small um, measure to decriminalize a very tiny amount of marijuana failed in Iowa, despite the large public support for reform, you know, so it, it's, uh, it seems, I'm not sure how well the legislature is listening to what people say about it. Even cities are, you know, kind of jumping on board to support this after, um, you know, all the protests following George Floyd's killing uh, by Minneapolis police this summer. Um, I mean, Cedar Rapids, the police chief, you know, has publicly committed to supporting, um, you know, reform and making this a, a lesser misdemeanor charge. So, you know, if you don't want to go the full route of decriminal decriminalization, um, advocates have at least supported making it a lesser misdemeanor. Well, especially considering how accessible this is now, right? I mean, you have Illinois just from us, like maybe an hour away in some cases where you can you can buy legalized uh, products. And it's like, how much time do, you know, do officers want to track down these these small amounts of marijuana and, and try to kind of control this spread in the state? So I, I imagine that they would be in support of this kind of thing, because I, I imagine there's a lot bigger things that they could be spending their time on rather than five grams of marijuana or less. Yeah. And I think that that kind of leads us into claim three. Um, Bolcom's claim is that uh, black or brown Iowans are nearly eight times more likely to be arrested for marijuana possession. And um, he pointed me to a 2020 report from the American Civil Liberties Union. And that study found black people in Iowa are 7.23 times more likely to be arrested for marijuana possession than white people. Um, and at that point, Iowa ranked fifth worst in the country for racial disparities in marijuana arrests. Um, 
in across the country, a black person is 3.64 times more likely to be arrested for marijuana. The ACLU reported. So we're worse. Our disparity is is quite a bit worse than the national average there on that point. But the study does not include data about Latinos um, or Hispanic populations. And it says that the because they're using the FBI's uniform crime report and it doesn't break out that racial demographic as much as or, or at all. Um, so but we do know that, you know, it, it wouldn't surprise me if that was if there was a disparity just because that disparity has been borne out in in other studies. And um, in Iowa, there was a report from the Prison Policy Initiative that said Latinos make up a disproportionate share of people incarcerated in Iowa. Um, and then there were there's been some other news reports. The New York Times published a report in 2018 that found black people in New York City were arrested eight times more for low-level marijuana charges than their white peers. And the rate for Hispanic people was five times the rate for white people. And then a review in California, and this is by Normal, which is um, a caveat pro, pro-marijuana group, showed Hispanics, which make up 39.4% of the state's population, made up 49.6% of misdemeanor marijuana arrests in 2019. So I felt like, um, you know, Bolcom's pretty close on the 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 claim about um, the disparity between black and white Iowans, although he did round up there as well. He said eight times and it was 7.23. Um, and he kind of lumped, um, you know, Latinos in with that claim as well. And it does not come from that report that he cited, nor did I find other reports that specifically broke out Latinos in Iowa. Um, so he kind of erred in that sense. I I gave him a B um, because, you know, it seems to match up to some degree with what these other studies showed, although not quite as bit, as large of a disparity as the difference between black and brown Iowans, or, you know, I'm sorry, between black and white Iowans. Um, so I don't know. I could also go with a C there if we are saying like he was half right. He was right about um, black populations, but maybe not um, about Latino Iowans. But um, I want to hear what you guys think about that. I like the B because I think there's plausible, I mean, that you look at the national numbers and there's reason to believe that that's the case. So, I mean, if it was outright false, I would say, okay, maybe I would maybe lean a little more towards a C just because it would be then half true, half not. But I see this more as half true, half likely, but we don't know for sure. Yeah, I would agree with that. That's a good characterization. Like the there's a gap in our data, or at least the the FBI's data, which I thought was interesting that they don't track that particular population. Um, but I mean, there are other studies that have looked into this and have found that there's at least, um, yeah, there, it's likely that this data is supported, or that if FBI would look into this, this specific population, they would find similar stats that. Uh, Latinos face disparities, um, and we do have a Latino population in Iowa, and I, I think it stands to reason if Black Iowans, uh, you know, face a higher number of marijuana arrests, then it's likely that that trend extends to, to other people of color. Um, 
So I would agree with John that it's half true, half likely. And so I would agree with the B. Um, but I'm curious what you think, Marissa. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, not only because it's plausible that, you know, there's this this disparity with Latino Iowans, but that it is likely based on the data that we see elsewhere around the country. Um, so yeah, I think it warrants more than just a half truth C. So yeah, I support a B. Okay. Okay. And I guess my, when we were talking before, just about um, the idea that, uh, um, you know, having this sort of legislation on the books, I think it, and I think that research bears this out, it leaves the door open for, you know, when you have these sorts of charges on the books that um, officers can use if they want to, but like a growing number of jurisdictions, like Marissa pointed out, are not are not choosing to enforce them, but you still have them on the books. I think it leaves open the window for officers to potentially use these as a pretext to stop someone, or or you could see a lot more um, uh, racial disparities by keeping a lot of these low level charges on the books if they're not mm-hmm. really that important and Iowans don't really support them that much anymore. You know, it, it, I, I think that's probably where um, Bolcom's coming from, you know, but and maybe where a lot of cities. Yeah. Well, where, what is that called when um, somebody is arrested for a violation, but then they add other charges to it to, to sort of bulk up the charge that a person's facing? So I could see in this instance where somebody's pulled over for a traffic violation and they also search the car. Um, this is just another charge on top of a charge that they're already facing. Um, and like you said, that could be a huge problem for, you know, certain Iowans who, who maybe are already low income or already face challenges that, that other Iowans don't. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a, it's an interesting topic of debate and I'm sure just more and more people are going to, especially as other States around us legalize um, marijuana to a greater extent. So averaging out these claims, um, two A's and a B um, would come to an A overall. Uh, So that's the grade I settled on for this check. Um, Does that sound all right to you guys? Yeah, I agree. And a great job weeding through all that information. (laughs) Nice, John. (laughs) Thank you. I had to get that pun in at some point in the pod. (laughs) Um, so Michaela, I think you found a a claim that we might be able to check for next week. Yes, I did. Um, so I was taking a look at some coverage that was done around Senate file 193. Um, and that is the bill that would bar employees from mandating COVID-19 vaccines from their employees. Um, so there, you know, I reached out to Rod Beauchart, our legendary, uh, legislative correspondent, um, and he pointed me to a, a human or a Senate Human Resources Committee where Senate or Senator uh, Carlin, a Republican from Sioux City, made some statements around um, kind of uh, vaccine um, mortality, I guess. Uh, so one comment that that really kind of caught my interest was this quote um, that there's some statistical data out there that says 908 people in the first two months of this calendar year have died shortly after being administered the COVID-19 vaccine. So I thought kind of given uh, the the coverage around the vaccine and just sort of some of the misinformation that's being put out there, I thought this would be worthwhile to look into. Um, 
So I've reached out to Senator Carlin and hopefully I will get some information back and we can look into this a little bit more in depth. Great. Yeah, I think that'll be a really topical check for next week. Yeah. Well, interesting to see what kind of um, data is behind these things, because I think the key here will be the the terminology he used with the the shortly after um, be, receiving the vaccine. So it's like context is key here. You know, did the vaccine matter? Or did it did it not? Um, so we'll we'll look into all that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be a good one. So, and if any of our listeners uh, come up with a claim that they hear um, and they'd like us to check it out, they can email us at factchecker at thegazette.com and um, we'll um, get back to you and let you know if it fits our criteria and um, maybe move forward with it. So in the meantime, our Fact Checker podcast is produced by Stephen Colbert and our pieces are edited by Craig Jamulitz. Our music is Lobby Time by Kevin McLeod. And um, signing off, I'm Aaron Jordan. I'm Michaela Ram. I'm John Steppy. I'm Marissa Payne. And we'll fact check you later.
Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.